Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Empire. Inside the Cap, I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And you can also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take on NFL Salary Cap and Contract Matters. Uh, This time around, we're going to kind of pick up where we left off uh, last time um, when we talked about primarily um, quarterbacks who are in a prove-it year or pivotal year. This time, we're going to look at non-quarterbacks, offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball um, who have something to prove or are in a pivotal year. So we're going to start with the offensive side of the ball. And this is uh, looking at guys heading into the 2022 season and also kind of looking at where they are during this very early stage of the current season. Well, first up is Cowboys running back uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel Elliott has been going in the wrong direction statistically ever since he became the first running back in NFL history signed a $100 million contract. Um, The two-time rushing champion in 2019 signed a six-year $90 million contract extension uh, shortly before the start of the 2019 regular season after a lengthy preseason holdout. Uh, that made him the highest paid running back in the league. Since then, um, Chris McCaffrey has surpassed him. But um, he had two years left on his rookie contract. There were slightly over $50 million overall guarantees and $28 million fully guaranteed at signing. Now, Elliott last year wasn't even the Cowboys' most effective running back. That was Tony Pollard. Um, Elliott had gotten off to a really good start last year. Then the PCL problem he had in his right knee. Uh, he played through it and averaged a career low 58.9 yard rushing, 58.9 rushing yards per game last season. This is a guy that prior to his contract extension had averaged 101.2 rushing yards per game. So Ezekiel Elliott probably needs a big 2022 season to ensure that he's around in 2023. Um, Pollard's going to be a free agent. After the season, if they want Pollard, he's not going to want to be in a timeshare for Zico Elliott. So something's going to have to give. Next year, Elliott's going to make $10.9 million, $16.72 million salary cap number in 2023. Um, there's going to be $11.86 million of dead money um, for letting uh, Elliott go. That is if they don't use a post-June 1 designation. This year, through two games, they play Monday night um, against the Giants. 25 carries, 105 yards, two catches, minus seven yards. Pretty similar to his start last year. Last year, through two games, 27 carries, 104 yards, one touchdown. 
But then the next three games before he had the partially torn PCL on his right knee, 17 carries, 95 yards, 24-43, then 21-4-110. So he's healthy now. He's going to have to, hopefully for Dallas's sake, I know Cooper Rush played well um, last week against the Bengals, and who knows when Dak comes back from the thumb injury. could be as early as week four, which I still think is ambitious, but you'd think you'd want to ride the running game um, until Dak's return. But we need to see the Elliott that was rounding into form or was getting in a groove before the PCL injury um, kind of slowed him down. Now, let's move on to uh, Michael Thomas. Uh, Michael Thomas missed the 2021 season from suffering a setback and rehabbing from ankle surgery that he had in June. The Saints weren't really all that happy about that he delayed it from the ankle injury he had in his 2020 season. And 2020 was basically a lost year for him as well. But don't forget that the last time Michael Thomas was healthy in 2019, set a single-season record for receptions for 149, which is uh, – and was named NFL Offensive Player of the Year. Now, he's back and not performing at that level through three games, 16 catches, 170 yards, three touchdowns, and – Against the Panthers, had a foot injury in the fourth quarter, toe-foot injury. We'll see if it's going to affect him for week four. Now, one guy that's uh, really interesting is Saquon Barkley because uh, Barkley looked like he was going to be the next superstar running back his uh, rookie season. Led the NFL with... 2,028 yards from scrimmage. That's combined rushing and receiving yards. Was the 2018 Offensive Rookie of the Year. Hadn't secured that status on the playing field. In 2020, only played in two games because of a torn right ACL. And 2021 was subpar. And in all fairness, everybody in the Giants offense did not perform well. 593 yards, 3.7 yards per carry in 13 games last year. Well, 2020 is a different year, and he's gotten off to a strong start. Um, he was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week in Week 1, 164 rushing yards and a touchdown on 18 carries, caught six passes for 30 yards and a come-from-behind victory over the Titans. Heading into Week 3, he was leading the league of 236 rushing yards on 39 attempts. Now, if we can get some semblance of the 2018 Saquon Barkley, the rookie year Barkley, doesn't have to necessarily put up 2,000 yards from scrimmage, but if we can get him being one of the best backs in the league, then he could play himself into franchise tag with the Giants. And that number is going to be um, about $10.1 million, uh, depending upon where the cap comes in. Now, personally... I'm philosophically opposed to paying running backs. That's just me. I'd allocate resources other places. But for him, I would proceed with caution. Even if he's a focal point of the offense, because of the durability concerns and the ineffectiveness, I'd go year to year. <laughs> I'd make him play in franchise tag, and let's say it's 
then you're talking 12.12. I'd make him go two franchise tags, and then we'd go from there. But Barkley keeps it up. We'll see if the Giants will give him a long-term deal. Don't forget, we got a new regime, and guy who drafted him is no longer there. Allen Robinson basically took Odell Beckham Jr.'s money uh, with the Rams, as far as I'm concerned. If Odell Beckham Jr. doesn't tear his ACL in the Super Bowl, the three-year, $46.5 million contract that he got with $30.75 million fully guaranteed would be Odell's. Now, Robinson has not gotten off to a great start uh, with the Rams. It seems to be more the Cooper Cup show again and nobody else through three games, seven catches, 88 yards, 12 targets. They're not paying him $15.5 million per year for that production. So we'll see uh, if uh, Robinson can get untracked. But I'm curious to see where Odo Beckham Jr. ends up. If I'm him, I wouldn't go back to the Rams just because they gave him money away, but he may look at it differently because he wants to be in L.A., and from the standpoint that whenever he's healthy, which will be middle of the season beyond, that he can come in for the stretch run, ease into it, and hopefully by then Robinson has found his role in the offense and then Rams could be right back to where they uh, want to be and try to defend their title. And let's stay with wide receivers. Now, I don't see any universe based on what's happened so far that Kenny Galladay is going to be with the Giants next season. Everyone thought that the Lions were going to stick a franchise tag on him in 2021. They didn't. He hit the open market. The receiver market was soft. Nothing like it was this year. And he was kind of sitting out there for a little bit. Had to go on a couple of trips, which you don't do anymore in free agency for the most part, but did get the biggest uh, contract for a pass catcher. Four years, $74 million, $72 million worth up to $76 million of incentives, $40 million of guarantees. And that's coming off an injury plague 2020 season where only only played five games. Now, as I said, Giants offense, nobody <laughs> looked good. Galladay, 14 games, had 37 catches, 521 yards, zero touchdowns. <laughs> New regime, and we haven't had anything better. Never thought I would see the day that David Sills, undrafted free agent, would basically take Galladay's place in the lineup. That's what happened last week. (laughs) That against the Panthers, he's on the field for two snaps. That's it. First week against Tennessee, two catches, 22 yards. They can't get rid of him because uh, he's got a $4.5 million third day of the league year roster bonus that's already fully guaranteed. And they've only got a little over $5.2 million of cap room according to NFLPA data. And when you have a guarantee in future years and you cut someone, there's no post-June 1 treatment like for bonus proration where it gets delayed until the following year. The acceleration doesn't immediately hit the cap if there's a release or trade after June 1. The guarantee accelerates into the current year. They can't afford that acceleration. He's got the highest cap number for a wide receiver this year at $21.5 million. 
so 21.15 million I should say so you're not gonna add 4.5 million to it so Brian Dayball probably has to find a way to make this thing work this year supposedly responded this week with uh, good practices so we'll see whether he plays his way back into the lineup but unless he starts turning back into that uh, Kenny Galladay that participated in the Pro Bowl in 2019 they're gonna take the cap hit next year his cap number is 21.4 next year they cut him and it's a conventional release it'll be 14.7 in dead money um, they'd get 6.7 million in cap relief. They do it post June 1 designation. It's uh, 7.9 in 2023 and 6.8 in 2024. But they're not looking good for Kenny Galladay. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab grown diamond bands, all hand finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The Patriots surprise people in 2021 free agency by going out and paying two tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, $12.5 million per year on similar deals. Um, Henry's was four years. Johnny Smith signed a three-year deal. Johnny Smith got $31.25 million fully guaranteed at signing, which is still the most fully guaranteed at signing um, in a tight end deal. Uh, last year, he did not live up to expectations. Was on the field for 47.6% of New England snaps. Had 28 catches for 294 yards. One touchdown, and that's in 16 games. But still was one of the best tight ends in terms of yards after catch. That's that's one thing he is great in. Um, was 34th in receptions among tight ends and 31st in receiving yards. This, then the... Patriots still aren't getting value or return on their investment with these two tight ends. Henry was more productive last year, but this year through three games, you have John Smith, seven catches, 58 yards. Hunter Henry, three for 38. Smith's playtime is up. Um, he's At least through the first two games, it was well over 50%. It's probably hovering about 62, 63 if you look at the cumulative play time, but he's not going anywhere um, in 2023. They did a salary conversion with him on September 1, where they converted 7.965 salary into signing bonus to free up $5.31 million of cap space. So, his 23 and 24 cap numbers have gone up by $2.655 million in the 23 and 24 years. But he wasn't going anywhere anyway before that because he already had $6.25 million of his $10 million 2023 base salary fully guaranteed at signing. So they're kind of stuck with uh, John U. Smith. So let's see if they can get a better return on their investment with um, John U. Smith. Let's go back to uh, wide receivers. 
Juju Smith-Schuster hasn't had free agency work out the way he wanted it to. Um, in that soft receiver market that Galladay was in in 2021, um, they reported $15 million per year that Juju was looking for. He couldn't get, so he went back to Pittsburgh on a one-year prove-it deal for $8 million. Had a shoulder injury five games in the season, which sidelined him until he made a return in the, for the uh, wild-card playoff game against the Chiefs. And had 15 receptions for 129 yards without any touchdowns in those games. The, the interest was less in free agency this year than it was the previous year. Goes to the Chiefs, one-year deal, $3.25 million contract, worth up to $10.75 million through incentives. Now, when he signed, Tyreek Hill was still there and didn't know how that was going to work out. They know Tyreek Tyre Hill wasn't going to be there and was going to get traded to uh, the Dolphins and end up signing the first $30 million per year non-quarterback contract, even though the realistic deal was $75 million over three because he inflated last year the contract. But they modified his contract um, in the preseason so he can make an additional 510000 per game roster bonuses. It went from 30,000 active per game to 60,000 active. This now with Smith out of the, I mean with um, Tyreek Hill out of the picture, wide open in terms of the wide receiver position. Who's going to get catches there? You still have Travis Kelsey, who's going to be Travis Kelsey. Smith and Juju's look better so far. 14 catches, 178 yards in three games. There are no receivers <laughs> left for free agency next year because they all resigned with their teams, or. Because you had every draft, every uh, receiver that was really worth a damn on a draft pick contract in a contract year, re-signed. So he could be the best of a weak crop of receivers in free agency this year, and we'll see where that goes. But um, he could end up emerging as the top wide receiver target for Kansas City as the year progresses. Um, on offense, let's take, let's take a look at two offensive linemen with uh, injuries. Ronnie Stanley and Jack Conklin still have not both tackles. Stanley left tackle, Conklin right tackle. Still have not played, made their 2022 season debut. It's a good thing that Stanley, the timing of his injury happened when it did. He's a first-team all-pro in 2019. And a few days before he hurt his ankle, <laughs> signed a five-year, $78.75 million contract extension worth $100 million, up to $100 million through incentives. Now, he did set records and guarantees would still stand for offensive linemen. Just over $65.5 million overall guarantees and a little more than $58.8 million is fully guaranteed at signing. He had the ankle injury, season-ending left ankle injury that had that he needed to have surgery um, a couple of days after signing the contract. Then came back last year, wasn't right, didn't look like himself, played the first game, additional surgery on the ankle, shut down for the season, started um, training camp on PUP, came off, off of that towards the latter part of training camp, and the Ravens are taking it slow with him. He has not made his season debut yet, so... If and when when he comes back this season, I don't know when that's going to be. Um, 
presumably before the midway point of the year. Hopefully he can quickly get back to a Pro Bowl caliber level, and that's a huge boost for the Ravens. Now, let's go to uh, Jack Conklin, the right tackle for the Browns. And offensive line is a strength of the Browns and their, their running game. Conklin, in 2020, signed a three-year, $42 million contract and in his first year, earned first-team All-Pro honors. Last year, had a dislocated left elbow and torn right patella tendon that limited him to a career-low seven games. And I thought this was a little curious to me. You got a guy who was a first-team All-Pro in his first year. He's injured. He took a $4 million pay cut in the final year of his contract. From $12 million to a fully guaranteed $8 million, and he can make back the rest through playtime incentives. He's um, indicated he wants to stay. Now, if Conklin, when he makes his debut, which I assume is going to be in the next couple of weeks, can come back and is any semblance of what he was when they first signed him, he's going to be in a great position because the right tackle market just took off in 2021. Now you've got, you had one right tackle when he signed Lane Johnson, um, who was essentially over $17 million per year. <laughs> he was at 18. He was highest paid tackle um, when that offseason began. Now, last year you had four right tackles signed for deals averaging $17 million per year or more. Taylor Moten, uh, the Panthers, Brian O'Neill, Vikings, Braden Smith, Colts, and Ryan Ramchick of the Saints, who's the highest paid right tackle at $19.2 million per year. A little over $60 million overall guarantees. And I believe a uh, little over 43 fully guaranteed at signing. So Conklin comes back and he's Conklin. That three-year deal will pay off and he can get another huge payday. So that's a uh, the offensive side of the ball. Let's move over to uh, the other side of the ball, defense. Well, once upon a time, it seems like a long time ago, J.J. Watt was mentioned in the same breath as Reggie White. He was the most dominant defensive player in the league, won three Defensive Player of the Year awards, and in his first five seasons, when he, was, when he was considered the second coming of Reggie White, did miss a game. Now, since then, he's played 56 of 98 regular season games because of a variety of injuries. Last year, he missed the final 10 regular season games for shoulder injury that needed surgery with a six-month recovery rehab prognosis. Now, Watt returned for a playoff loss against the Rams. He's now 33 years old, entering the final year of a two-year $20 million contract worth up to $30 million through performance bonuses he signed in 2021 after the Texans graciously granted his request to be released. He missed the first game this season of a calf injury. He's got two sacks in two games, so... If he's going to get a sack a game and then put a bunch of pressures on the quarterback then and remain relatively healthy, he's going to be in a pretty good position 
at the uh, end of the year, although he's 33. And the reason I say that is Von Miller and Chandler Jones. Not that Chandler Jones has done much of anything this year. He's, as a 32-year-old, signed a three-year, $51 million contract, averaging $17 million a year, $32 million fully guaranteed with the Raiders, which stands for the proposition that older defensive linemen that can put pressure on quarterbacks can still get paid. And Von Miller, who is 33, signed for one of these inflated cosmetic deals, $120 million over six years with the Bills. It's really a four-year deal for $70 million, in my opinion, because there's $25 million in the last year, $30 million in that final year in 2027. But he got almost $51.5 million in guarantees or 45 is fully guaranteed signing. So if J.J. Watt, and when he's been healthy, he's still been an impact player. So if he can be an impact player, he has a chance to get paid again. Now, I'm going to move to a guy who is playing surprisingly well this year. Jeff Okuda of the Detroit Lions. He was a third overall pick in the 2020 draft two seasons ago, and he looked lost as a rookie. Opposing quarterbacks completed 76% of passes against him, according to Pro Football Focus, and he missed the last six games for groin injury. Last year, only played 48 snaps before he tore his left Achilles in the season opener. Had to earn a spot in training camp, a starting spot, which he did. And these first three games this year, Man, he's looking like that third overall pick. Vonta Smith, first week of the regular season, he had primary coverage on him. He's non-existent. He had primary coverage on Justin Jefferson. Three catches, 14 yards for Justin Jefferson. So, Jeff Okuda keeps this up. That fifth-year option will get picked up. Worst-case scenario, that fifth-year option should be $12 million neighborhood. He keeps doing what he's doing. He's going to get Pro Bowl consideration. But Jeff Okuda, someone who has needed to prove it this year, first two years, looked like one of the biggest busts in the 2020 draft because of the injury and the poor performance. But light bulb seems to be going on for him. Now, staying in the secondary, the Bears, um, Eddie Jackson, um, Right, meet almost immediately after the 2019 regular season ended, January 2020 became the highest paid safety at a little over 14.6 million per year. Now, 2020 and 2021 did not pick off a pass, and this is for a guy who had eight interceptions in his first two years in the NFL. He's looking like the Eddie Jackson who got paid so far this year. He's got two picks in three games starting to look like that playmaker. So, Bears have a ton of cap room next year. Should be around $100 million. He's scheduled to make $13.1 million in 2023 and a $17.09 million cap number. That's not going to be consideration uh, with the type of start that uh, Eddie Jackson's gotten off to. Also staying in secondary, going back to corner, Marcus Peters was a part of the Ravens, which defense that got decimated by injuries. Actually, the whole team got decimated by injuries last year. 
was every running back imaginable before the regular season started. Ronnie Stanley barely played. Uh, by the end of the season, they didn't have any of their projected starting corners because Marlon Humphrey had a tech pair. I had a peck tear. So he was out. But Peters, in the days leading up to the regular season, tore an ACL. He's starting to – he was on a pitch count last week in his season debut. This week against the Patriots, interception and a fumble recovery. He's in the final year of a three-year, $14 million per year extension. He signed at the end of the 2020, 2019 regular season. He's got the most interceptions since entering the uh, NFL in 2015 with 32. So if he's going to be a ball hawk again, he's going to get another payday. Now we're going to move away from the secondary and go to defensive line. Eagles are one of the only two undefeated teams, along with the Dolphins. We'll see what happens with the uh, Giants if they can beat the Cowboys to go to 3-0. 2021 was not the type of year Fletcher Cox was envisioning. He had a streak of six straight Pro Bowls snapped. He clashed early on with um, Jonathan Gannon, the new defensive coordinator, on usage in the defensive scheme. Had three and a half sacks last year, 41 quarterback pressures. That's his fewest quarterback pressure since his uh, rookie year in 2012. The Eagles released him in March, then brought him back on a one-year deal worth $14 million. Eagles look like they're going to be a tough out in, in our Super Bowl contender, at least for the first three weeks of the season. He's already got three sacks, so they win. He'll, he'll probably want to stay. And if he's putting up he looks like the Fletcher Cox is the Pro Bowl, and typically if you are a winning team, you get more Pro Bowlers than losing teams. So Fletcher Cox can be in a pretty good position at the end of the year if he can continue to prove that last year was an anomaly. Daniil Hunter is one of those mind-boggling guys for me. I don't, for, for the life of me, I'll never understand. In his contract year, he signed a five-year extension averaging basically 14-4 when all he had to do was go out and have a good year there and stick a franchise tag on it for over $17 million and the market jumped to $20 million per year for pass rushers, and he would have been in that market. But problem that deal created a bunch of problems when he signed in 2018. He's been unhappy with his contract since. Then, hadn't been healthy. <laughs> But when he's healthy, he's been one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. Last two healthy seasons, 2018 and 19, 14 half sacks each year. Missed all of 2020 for herniated disc in his neck, and then a pec tear last year limited him to seven games. So Hunter stays healthy. He's going to put himself in a position for that. Join that $20 million per year club, pass rusher club, and more because 2023 will be his contract year. Now, speaking of a pass rusher who got the contract that Hunter should have gotten is Frank Clark. Now, the Seahawks stuck the franchise tag on Frank Clark that Hunter would have gotten in 2019 had he played out his rookie contract. They did a sign and trade with the Chiefs. 
And the Chiefs gave up their 2019 first-round pick and their 2020 second-round pick uh, right before the draft. And in exchange, in the process, Clark got a five-year extension, five-year contract for $104 million with 62.3 in guarantees. Now, he's supposed to be a pass-rushing force. That hasn't been the case in Kansas City. Three seasons, 18 and a half sacks. He had to take a pay cut this year in order to stay in Kansas City. He was supposed to make $19.5 million this year. Dropped his pay to $6.75 million with additional $7 million in incentives. He got his first sack of the season this, year, this week in the loss of the Colts. He's had double-digit sacks twice in his career. Had a career high uh, 13. He's going to need probably another 30, another double-digit sack season <laughs> because his cap number in 2023 is $28.675 million. They already gave him a pay cut once. They didn't touch his salary of $21 million. That stayed intact for next year with the pay cut. So he's playing for his job uh, for next year. George Karloftis was drafted late in the first round. He's a pass rusher. The only consistent pass rushing force they have in Kansas City is Chris Jones from the interior. So it's going to be up to Frank Clark to prove that he should be around next year. And the final guy we're going to talk about is Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb was the fifth overall pick in the 2018 draft. Bradley Chubb got off to a great start to his career. Led all rookies with sacks in 2018, had 12. Was limited to four games with an ACL, 28 left ACL in 2019. Came back in 2020, made the Pro Bowl. 2021, slowed by ankle injuries. No sacks in seven games. Obviously, he got the fifth-year option exercise because he had to exercise after the third year. He went to the Pro Bowl in the third year, so it's 13.926 million fifth-year options playing on this year. So he's gotten off to a start in the right step in the right direction. Had two sacks in the season opener against the Seahawks. So if we get the healthy Chubb from 2018 or 2020, then he's going to be in Denver next year. He's going to be making a whole lot more than that option year salary. They'll probably stay a franchise tag on him just to make sure that he stays around um, if push comes to shove. Um, but that's going to be it for this week's uh, Inside the Cap, looking at non-quarterbacks on both sides of the ball that uh, – or in pivotal years, or have something to prove. Uh, don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, that's C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-L, and also read my regular CBSSports.com column, Agents Take, as well. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next time.